Monday, Ross Stewart made his first start for a Sunderland side chasing promotion from England's League One. But just eight years ago, he was having to tout himself around juniors teams and working for the land registry. Ross is the perfect example of just where you can go if you work hard and put your mind to it. He got his break at Ardia Thistle, then moved on to Kilwinning Rangers and hasn't looked back since. Spells at Albion Rovers and back at St Mirren followed before his form at Ross County won him a move to the Stadium of Light in January. If it's inspiration you're looking for, then Ross's career provides it in spades. We wanted a stellar guest to celebrate our first birthday and we're delighted to say Ross joins us on the show this week. We'll hear just how he dealt with those disappointments in the early days, what kept him going through those dark spells and how playing in the juniors gave him something extra. If you want to find out how to realise your ambitions of making it big, you don't want to miss this special episode. It's all here as, for the 50th time, we go down the divisions. Good to have you along as we take a look at Scotland's lower leagues. Well, there's only one place to start this week, Paul. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Gareth. It's been a very quick year. Yes, certainly has. A year ago this week, we cobbled together our first episode. I was sat in my kitchen, you were in your back bedroom. I think I'm in the sitting room tonight, you're in your, your dining room. No, it's changed really. We're at episode 50. Uh, just time flies, eh? It does. Bit of promotion. I used to be in the back bedroom, now I get into the, get into the dining room. So uh, we're moving on. Kind of had plenty of guests over those uh, over those twelve months. Uh, what, what, what would your favourite your favourites be? Your favourite memories, if you like. Quite quite a lot's happened in a year, hasn't it? So when we started this, it was just an idea. You and me, lockdown, kind of a bit fed up. Thought that maybe semi-professional football in Scotland needed a bit of a more coverage, and decided to do it. Early memories, probably highlights getting Stuart Miller on. Stuart, so you know a great character and stuff like that wasn't it and he come on early doors and it was, it was quite fun and then with Jim Chapman joined us from Kentucky uh, it's been good catching up with old friends Davey Irons and people like that maybe guys I've not spoke to for, for a while but I've come on and we spoke to them Alan Jenkins and stuff like that uh, and from me from a personal point of view from a manager's point of view it's given me a real opportunity to meet some some great Great characters, managers that I don't know, John McCune at Shots, Adam Hope, Drumchapel, Jamie Nesbitt, Thornywood, guys I didn't know. But also from it as well, I've made friends with like Ross at Mary Hill, who's we've become really good friends and we maybe speak once a week on the phone and stuff like that. So all these things that I never thought sort of twelve months ago would happen. Biggest highlight is though, and I still think it is when the listeners send messages in. And people might not realise, but we actually do get quite a lot of uh, social media messages or private messages to saying, keep up the good work and, and stuff like that. And I think also guys like Kenny Young coming on who maybe see this as an opportunity. Kenny Young, who's the fixture secretary for the leagues, will come on and maybe see this as an opportunity to put stories right or get his point over. So from a little acorn 12 months ago is growing something that's probably quite well recognised within non, well, non-professional non football I suppose 
Yeah, it's been a good uh, a good twelve months, and hopefully we can look forward to another another good twelve months. Um, a quick word for our sponsors: media agency Forty Four Creative. Not only do they have photographers, graphic designers, videographers, and video editors to help promote your content, brand, organization, or event, they now offer website services too. They make creation personal, and they'd love to hear from you. You can find out more at www.44creativehq.com. We'll include that link in the show's description on your podcast player too. Back to the show, and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address is divisions at gmail.com. That's divisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Hi, my name is David Bakey. I'm the chairman of Tayport Football Club, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Sunderland striker Ross Stewart is with us this week. Thanks for being with us, Ross. Oh, thanks for having me. We'll, uh, we'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got the Down the Divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from League One down, then reveal the answer at the end of the show. Over to you this week, Paul. I think this week's way too easy. I do, but I thought as our birthday, we're allowed to have a, a wee night off. So, right. They have won 10 Scottish Cups in a 20-year period. They remain the third most successful team in that competition behind Rangers and Celtic. They currently have two players in their first team whose fathers have played in the Premier League. And they're the only Scottish Cup to have played, the only Scottish team to have played in the English FA Cup. Blank faces there. <laughs> Blank faces. Are you, doing, are you doing better than me, Ross? Uh, no. <laughs> I was wondering, especially on the last clue, that I, like, I feel I, sh- I should know it, but I, I don't know if I do. We will reveal all at the end of the show. My name's Tommy Sloan, Auchinleck Talbot manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Sunderland striker Ross Stewart is with us. Um, I know you didn't get the win against Peterborough on Monday, Ross, but uh, just how much did you enjoy getting your, your first start for Sunderland? Yeah, no, I was, I was really, really happy. Um, obviously, to get it in what was you know a really big game as well, uh, you know, setting set going against Stud, it was you know good to you know not not be not be thrown in because I've, I've been down here for a while but you know to to get the nod in, in such a big game and it was obviously when you got down there conditions were tough uh, it was really windy and, and the pitch wasn't great but you know it was a really I think a really good hard fought point um in the end and what it does is it keeps us up there and keeps it kind of in our hands in terms of trying to get promoted which is you know the aim for this season I think you played 71 minutes before coming off. Do you do you feel the 71 minutes more playing in League One down in England than, than you did up up here? Is it more kind of physically kind of draining as you as you work up to that kind of physicality down there? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's kind of a hard one to gauge because obviously I've, I've kind of been out out for a long spell um, with with a hamstring injury, so my fitness levels probably aren't where where they whether you would want them to be come this time of the season just because of that. But I felt like in the seventy minutes, you know, I felt strong for the for the most part. 
um, of that 70, I was I was starting to tire, so it gives me a good idea, you know, where I'm back because it, it was my first, like you say, my first start in competitive football for three three and a half odd months. So, um, you know, it was good to get those minutes, and, and hopefully now, you know, it's in the bank and I can I can kick on and hopefully look to play, you know, longer in, in the games coming up. We'll we'll talk uh, some more about life at Sunderland in the the second half of the show, but. I think Paul and I are quite kind of interested to kind of get into the the first part of your career, the earlier part of your career, and 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 how hard you've had to basically work your backside off to to get to where you are, um, because you haven't gone the conventional route. And I mean, I know it all kind of started out almost pre- looking like it could be the conventional route. I think was it um, was it St Mirren you went to first of all as as a, as a pro youth player? Yeah, yeah. Going, I'm trying to think. What age at all? Probably been about eleven, twelve. But I played, I played locally for you know Clark Drive Boys Club as it was then. And from there, it was just one one year. My, my dad kind of said to me he'd had a phone call and there was option there to go up and you know train for St Mon St Mon Youth at the time. And obviously, just as a youngster, as a young boy, I think you know brilliant. And my dad was very keen on me doing it as well. And it just went up there. And, you know, I think it's kind of started out probably as, as trials and a bit of training, and it led on to you know going and going and playing for uh, Mon at youth level for uh, for a season. Um, it turned out to be, and for what I remember, it was just you know really good at that time. Um, you know, you were well aware Celtic and Rangers and Simon kind of offered like offered that opportunity to go and play against these teams. As well, which is as a kid, you know, at the time, only added to the enjoyment of playing at you know the level that I was playing at. So at that point, Ross, was it a case of you were in there for a year, but you were still then having senior, more senior clubs come in offering you, you you're speaking to your parents and saying like we want him as well. So or, or were you sort of signed up there for a couple of years? No, I think it was at the time it was just kind of you know at, well essential kind of one year contracts. It was it wasn't like they signed for for multiple years. It was kind of like just rolling one years and um, I'm trying to think you know how it, how it came about. But you know after it obviously I went and my dad obviously get other phone calls. I must have you know had a, had, a, had a really good year and you know that that led on to you know the next part of my pro, my pro year which. Uh, turned out to be to be at Celtic, um, and even going, I suppose, from Saint Martin to uh, I don't know, even Barfield or, or, or Lennox Town at the time. Even that, I suppose, the facilities and, and the infrastructure was was a lot better. And the more you kind of moved up, yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it, you know, Saint Martin was trained at Fergusley Park, um, uh, and then yeah, we went to. It was Barrafield at the time to begin with at Celtic. So, you know, in terms of facility-wise, it, it was a big step up. And in terms of going and playing for Celtic, it was it was Martin Miller, I think he was a coach. Um, at the time he took me there, and he made it, made it really easy. I, you know, at the time looking back, you know, I, I just loved his training at that time. You know, the, the football and the way he was trying to get to play for youngsters. Uh, I thought was 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 right, and then um, you know you know looking back, um, you know it was probably on a, you know as a kid as much uh, as you could in, enjoy football at that period. 
So what, what sort of age were you then when you went to Celtic? Were you then sort of playing there until they kind of took you on on the, on the ground? Well, I call it the ground staff, but on your sort of first year kind of pro contract, or are you at this point still maybe only 14, 15 years old? Yeah, I, I think I might, I might even have been younger. I think it was probably about 13, um, 12, 13. So I think that, that I moved to Celtic. So at the time, it was kind of just the same. It was just, you know, go, go there for a year and enjoy it. And then at the end of that year, if, if you're enjoying it in Celtic, still want you, then you, you, know, you add another year. Um, I don't really think the, the pro contracts came into it till probably, I think it was under 17s level. Um, so at the time, it, it wasn't really something, you know, now that I look back on it, was ever in the forefront of my mind or, you know, thinking, playing, playing to get a contract for another year. You were just playing to enjoy football at that age, as, as I think, you know, that's how it should be. Um, I think probably in Scotland, that's probably brought into it, probably a bit too young a age, that side of the game. Um, you should just be kind of focusing on getting, you know, the young players to enjoy it and try and, try and you know, make them better players uh, to give them a chance. And then obviously that, that side of the the game probably takes care of itself the older you get. I guess at that time as well, you're thinking, you know, your, your aim is to go through the Celtic system, I suppose. Your your dream is of, of making it all the way through. And were there other guys in that team who have gone on to play, maybe not at Celtic, but top-level football as well? Yeah, you know, when, when, you signed, when, when I signed for Celtic at the time, you know, it's probably a dream a bit in terms of being a really young kid growing up you know, really only knowing football for the young ages I can remember it was always football for me. Um so when the, the chance came up to obviously go to Celtic it was one, you know, I jumped at. Um and obviously loved my time there. The age group I had, I think a really strong age group in terms of, you know, the players in it. I think um there's a lot that's went on to play, you know, you know noticeable ones probably Carl Mortals, uh, Paul McMullen you know, Liam Henderson, who's been out early, um, he's, he's played really well. You know, Luke Donnelly's playing in the lower leagues as is Conor McManus. So uh, there was a lot of players out of that age group who's went on to, you know, play professional um, to, to some extent. And, you know, throughout the age groups, you could tell it was a, a group probably that was kind of thought highly of as, as an age, uh, age group. So... You know, that, that probably that probably added to it because um, that made for better training and it was a group that got along really well. Um, and as a youngster, that's probably a big part of it. You've just got to be enjoying it because uh, when you're not, which, you know, probably to the later teens for me, um, kind of added to it can kind of probably affect you in terms of trying to get to where you want in the game. So, so you, your enjoyment was you were losing the enjoyment by the end. Was that because just not playing game the game times because there were bigger squads and these kind of things? Yeah, definitely. I, I was probably one as well that physically was a late developer. Um, so there's a lot of boys who'd grown into their bodies earlier than me, and because of that, it probably it limited my game time um, as it did for other boys um, in age group. Well, you know that. Right or wrong, I'd probably say it's, it's the wrong thing to do. I think at a, a young age you've got to give a decal opportunity. It's just, it just develops at you know different stages. Um, but yeah, when when that was happening, it probably led to 
not getting as much game time and obviously being from Irvine and at that point we were training at Lennox Town um, three, four nights a week. You know, a travelling that we're doing, so it was three, four nights a week training plus a game. You know, it was a lot taking out your life for very little game time um, at the weekend, and it it got to the stage. I wouldn't say you know you were you were travelling for the sake of it, um, but you you kind of knew that feeling that you were even games like away games in Scotland, you're travelling. Um, the best best part of two three hours for maybe 10, 10 15 minutes um, at the end of the game, which for, for a young kid like myself, you know, it it took it took a lot out of you, um, and certainly questioned if that's what you were looking at, you know, is it something you'd want to do? I think touching on that, like, and a lot of people don't realise. I think if anybody's kid gets an opportunity to go to a Celtic and or or a pro youth team, then I think, you know, give the kid the chance to go and do it because of the experience. But I think, Ross, a lot of people don't realise the sacrifices people make, you know, doing your homework when you're getting up at Celtic, you know, and stuff like that, having to get that done, eating in the car on the way, and, and, and obviously the sacrifice your parents made for, for, for you to do that. Yeah, no, like, like everything you say there's, you know, spot on. It, it, it takes up pretty much your whole life, like you say, yeah. You're getting up in the morning, you're going to school, and at that point you're getting back to school, and it's basically get changed into your training gear and you're, you're driving off. So, um, you know, even as well, when I look back on it, and I, and I think, you know, what my mum and dad done for me in terms of always, always being there to take me and not never really missing a training session. It's probably one of them that, you know, I can't thank them enough, um, and I, I kind of say that to my dad as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's difficult because even then, you know, you're get you're training and then you're getting back late as well. It's not like, and then what you're doing is you're getting back late and you're really just going to bed and you're getting up for school the next day again. And it was just, you know, when you're in that cycle and not playing and not enjoying it, you know, it, it can become tough, which it did. And that's probably what led to me probably leaving Celtic and going to another team and trying my luck there. And so it's, I was going to just actually probably come out on that point, your, your mindset at that point, because you're still, a, I mean, you're still a kid. You're still yes. a kid at this point in, in life. Where are you at? Is mum and dad also seeing this as well? Are they saying to you, look, Ross, maybe we should be looking to get away from this, or is it is it solely on your shoulders? Because I think this is, this is great, the bigger picture. To, yeah. to where you've got, you know, for such a young age, wh- wh- where's your mind at at this point, or are you kind of still leaving it in the hands of your parents a little yeah. bit? No, it's probably probably a bit all over the place. Um, you know, it was one of them I spoke to him quite a lot, and you know, when it came to the decision, probably that you know I was going to leave. It was probably one of them where I, I was probably in tears um, because it's not something I wanted to do, but. Probably felt at the time it was the right thing to do, speaking with my parents. Obviously, it was never their decision. It was always ultimately my decision. Um, that's something that, you know, my dad always believed in that I do what I, you know, I want with my career. You know, you get what you get. It was never him pulling me away or saying stay. He, he would all, I would always speak to him and he would try and go through the pros and cons of both scenarios. And then I would, I would wait up and always try and make the best decision but I think you probably know a lot of the time as a player like your gut what what you think you should do and you probably follow that or I, I, I have 
uh, most of my career. So, you know, it was it was a difficult time, and you know, at the time looking back, my my head probably was all over the place a lot of the time, um, because it was tough. But you're always kind of hanging on, hoping that it, it would maybe change. But um, in this case, it probably didn't. Did did it change when you went to Partick then? I think when I took part, it was a good thing because I went there and I started playing again, um, which I think was really important. So, you know, that, that season there, um, I kind of started um, enjoying it to an extent again. Um, but at the same time, I probably still I still hadn't really developed physically. This is probably, I'm now about 16, because this was the kind of last age under... 17s the last year I had under 17s level, um, so I played I played a lot that, that year and you know that was a, that was in our good uh, kind of dressing room. So I, I was back enjoying playing and um, you know probably the fact that when I look back going the way the Scotland League works going for 17s then it kind of jumped under 20s. I was kind of aware that it would be difficult for me again. I felt like making that jump was probably going to land me back to kind of where I was at with Celtic in terms of probably not playing much. And I, and I, and I just, having already experienced that, I just didn't really want to be back at that stage. Um, which probably, you know, led me, you know, after one season, you know, leaving Partick and going, going playing junior. So, from your point of view, you're a wee guy playing football. You always want to be a professional football player, I presume. Yeah. You've made some big decisions there. I'm going to yeah. leave Celtic. I'm going to go to Partick Thistle. And at Partick Thistle, you're maybe feeling at 17 years old. There's this golf. At this point, are you thinking to yourself, I'm not going to make it? I'm, I'm going to need to start looking at something else. Or deep down, do you think, no... Are you one well, trying to say? Are you in control of your own mind at such a young age to say I'm going to take a step back here to to try and kick on, or you just, or, or do you not know at this point? Yeah, there's probably a, a bit of the unknown. I was I was aware at the time taking a step back for Celtic and Party, you know what what it was doing to my chances. Um, but at the time where I was, just just the, like this, just the lack of enjoyment I was getting from football at the, at the time probably took over a bit and I would I would say that was probably the, big, the biggest factor I think even though you know it never really worked out in Celt- with Celtic and, and your party could probably mutual as well it was probably one of them where you know I, I didn't really want to be there and they weren't you know really seeing a future for me with both of them um, but in, in control I don't, I don't Looking back, I'm, I'm not really sure where I was um, at the time. I was kind of just trying to probably find somewhere I could try and get back to, to just, you know, enjoying it. And at that time, because I wasn't, it was probably one of them that was leading me to the stage. Of, do, do, I, do I want to do this? How long, you know, can I can I keep doing this where I'm playing but not, not enjoying it? I just, because I think that the biggest factor looking back now is certainly from where I've been to where I am now is that, you know, I've been playing and everywhere I've been, you know, I've been enjoying back playing. And I think when you're enjoying football, you play your best football as well. Um, so, yeah, that's, it was, it was a lot of tough decisions 
that were proper that I, looking back are definitely, you know, backward steps. Um, but, you know, thank, thankfully, you know, there's been a lot of forward steps since then. Um, so you, whether it was, you know, the right or wrong decisions back then, you know, right now you'd probably say, you know, there's maybe more right than wrong. But at, at the time, you just kind of got to do with what you feel right. And, you know, they were the decisions I made. And this is the part of the journey that your journey that excites me the most because I've been obviously involved in football at different levels, uh, whether it's like coaching kids right through to senior level, and we've seen it so many times. People who it's career, oh, I could have been this, I could have done that. But you took a conscious decision to go ju- to go and play junior football. You tell me at this point you're probably still not quite as developed as maybe a lot of guys your age, but each year, from a manager's point of view, I get a list, and me and Gareth spoke about it before, and it's from the PFA, or the, 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 Scottish, is it the Scottish PFA, send a list out, and I'll contact maybe players, I'll say to them, you know, they've maybe been released by Airdrie, or they've been released by Albion Rovers, or I try to focus on the Lanarkshire ones, mm-hmm. and when you speak to boys, it's like, that. nah, nah, mate, I'm, I'm sorted, I've got something sorted out, or I'm going back and playing 21s and all that, it's as if they don't want to come and play that level, it's as if, yeah. that, I don't know if it's maybe a stigma, boys chuck it, at that point, I'll dear come in for you, Yeah. and how does that come about, and where are you at at this point to say, right, I'm going to, because, listen, we've all got egos, everybody's got an ego, and yeah. you're thinking, oh, I don't want to go and play, <laughs> I don't want to be at Ardea, or, or are you saying, right, no, this is an opportunity, I'm going to take it, because this is my road back? Yeah, no, it's pro- probably a, a bit like that, when the, obviously the, the, the season finished in June, and this was probably, you know, about August, September time, so the, the, the junior season had started, and I, and I kind of, at the time, I'd got a couple of calls. There was one, say, you know, Urban Victoria, mm-hmm. uh, who were kind of local to me. And then, obviously, our dear um, phoned as well. And at the time, you know, I, I, it was Derek Cook at our dear, and he kind of just pitched it to me that, you know, come and see, you know, see if you can start and join it. And I spoke with my dad, and my dad was a, you know, a, junior player for many years at, you know, up in Meadow and stuff, so he kind of pitched that it could be good going into a kind of adult environment, because obviously it was kind of going into a dress when we grew men, and I, at the time, you know, I'm an underdeveloped 17-year-old, so it was probably a big kind of eye-opener as well, but, you know, it was one of them, I thought, you know what, I'll go and, I'll go and give it a bash, you know, it was only 10-15 minutes down the road as well, you know, long travel, there's probably not so much pressure as well um, and can just go down there and enjoy your football and, and see, if, see if you like it and that's what I've done and I think probably for the first first couple of sessions you know it, it suited me to, to, to a tee you know I, I really liked I liked the training I liked the you know the banter on the, the camaraderie that was in a junior dressing room at the time and I just really took to it um, and obviously I was playing as well on at weekends in a in a uh, you know division that was kind of you know the a junior division there was a league table and there was something to play for and you know I just really enjoyed that side of the game it was kind of just re-energised me in a sense um, and you know something I look back on and, I, and I'm glad I done it. 
I guess as well. I mean, you say you say it was a juniors league, but I think when you went to Ardea, I mean, it wasn't as though you went from Partick to the to the Premier Division juniors. I mean, Ardea were in the bottom junior league in the West, yeah. weren't they? And yeah. I saw, I think I saw the secretary of Ardea in an article I was looking at today quoted saying you were getting fifteen quid a week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. Watches that. <laughs> <laughs> that was with a bonus on top, was yeah. it? Uh, but but I mean, th- th- this wasn't so. That j- it wasn't like it was a huge golf, wasn't it? It was a huge step yeah. to drop, and I mean, it, I mean, that must have been a, a real eye opener. And and uh, I mean, were there times when you were thinking, "What have I done here?" You know, I've 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 left Partick, I've left that level. This this is me me done with you. Uh, yeah, maybe a wee bit, but at the same time. You know, it was an eye opener. It was probably something I kind of took to. Um, you know, going and seeing the kind of old school junior grounds, probably playing. You know, to an extent with fans. I'd only really played under probably, you know, parents uh, watching games. So to have like you know fans come into the ground, albeit some of them, some of the grounds there weren't many, etc. But yeah, some some of the, some of the grounds uh, down in that division were a, were a real eye opener at the time. Um, but you know, one. Yeah, uh, we 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 were so, what it was just to just to be playing. Sorry, salt coats are weight changing. Now. <laughs> I was gonna come to that. Same old <laughs> ball. Yeah. No, no, and the thing was, I mean, when you go to places like that and you are you are enjoying it, that probably gives you you know a sense. You know, at the time, you know, I really was um, just to be back playing and. You know, even you know, I mean, I think now the ideal dressing, you know, I still keep in contact um, with some some of the, you know, I don't know if you know Michael Holden. I still speak with Big Michael and stuff. So you know, that give, gives you an idea, of, you know, just how much I still kind of, you know, look back fondly of it and how much I enjoyed it. You know, you still keep in contact with a few of these guys, and you know, I, I just I, I just look back just. You know, really took to it. I just enjoyed it, and obviously being back playing, I think, was probably the biggest factor. You know, being a striker back playing, scoring goals, contributing to a team that you know went on to have a really good season that time, uh, that season as well. I think um, we ended up getting promoted, uh, which for our year at the time was was huge. Um, so you know, and obviously you know Saturdays as well after after junior games, you could go and have, have a beer and stuff as well. So. You know, just everything kind of just, you know, I just really enjoyed. But for the listeners, we're obviously, we, we sit and can see you. When you're talking about it, you see the kind of infectious smell in your face. You, the enjoy, obviously, real in, in enjoyment of your, your times there. What about the first time a young kid walking into that changing room? I mean, unless you've been in one of these changing rooms, no, no. you can never probably, you know, explain it. But they must have ripped the piss right out of you. Oh, I, I would. I, I know at the time I was, you know, absolute petrified. Um, walking in, you know, you know, a small, you know, skinny, you know, seventeen-year-old at the time, I was thinking, God, what on earth is happening here? Um, but it probably maybe changed a bit, uh, you know, in the training when when they saw, you know, I wasn't too bad. But yeah, walking in, I can remember because I obviously first session, I, I kind of got there early, and I was first there, and I was. Kind of just sat in the dressing room, they're all walking in, and I was just kind of just sat there. Everyone just sick to my stomach, just waiting for it, you know, what's going on here. Um, but no, it's, it's probably a bit like walking into any dressing room the first time, you always get the nerves of, 
you know, meeting every day is just it's just natural, I think. Um, but no, it was certainly, you know, an experience at the time. It <laughs> uh, brought up some emotions anyway. <laughs> but, but, but deep down at that point, are you still thinking, I want to be a professional footballer? To be honest, probably not. Um, at that point, it's never in my head that, you know, I'm going here to get myself, you know, back to the professional game. At the time, it was just trying to go down there and, you know, I said before, just enjoy playing football again. It was never in my head, right, if I came back here and do this and do that, I can maybe get to here and if I get to here, then I'm, I'm only, you know, so far away, etc. It was just, it was just trying to just go back and, and play football and enjoy football and, and by doing that, you kind of just see what happens. Um, always, always kind of one of them. You, you just, you always just try and play and you go where the, the game takes you. You know, if you're lucky enough, you get the option of where you want to go. But at the time, you know, going playing professional football at that time is probably the furthest thing. Probably the furthest thing, you know, in my in my head <laughs> of doing. Um, I was probably more worried about trying to get you know, grades at school, etc. cetera, maybe, yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe getting a full-time job. That was probably, at the time, more, more worried about that than I was um, about going and trying to make a career out of football. But, you know, thankfully, you know, the, the one that seemed least likely has worked. So, you know, it's turned out well. And for the sort of semi-pro players that are, that are listening to this, how would you find the stand of football? You've come from youth football, which is, for me, it's very, you know, play it short from the back, try and get it into midfield, and if we can or play through the thuds, we'll get there. All of a sudden, you've arrived at Ardeer, and I can't imagine the tactics were <laughs> that there. Is it very route one? How did you think? <laughs> they have tried to hold that up. Yeah, no, it was, there was not really much tactics in the junior game. It was, <laughs> you know, get it forward and, and try and score and fly into tackles and you know, go, go and try and win the game. But yeah, going for, you know, like you say, the, the pro youth set up, which is very much, you know, play out for the back and try and control the game and possession-based, going, going and playing junior where it's, you know, shell it long, get, maybe back it up and try, and try and see what happens. There's no, there's no, as you would say, like patterns of play or anything worked on, you know, training during the week's probably... Tuesdays, I remember, used to be you just run, run yourself into the ground, and then Thursdays you'd have to get some small sides, and then it was go out on a Saturday <laughs> and try and win. So, yeah, the, the difference going for you know, I think tactically, but you know, that's probably something that I enjoyed as well. You know, because when you, I think you can overcomplicate it as well. You're just going out and at the junior game, you're just going out and just playing and. Just enjoying it, whereas I think maybe the pro you set up is it's maybe over over tactical and you know you can load too much on you know a, you know a, in, a, in a kid's head or what to do rather than just going out and just I think just playing football, which I think is a big one as well. Sometimes kicking it the way you're facing is not a bad tactic, can that? I'll do it now. <laughs> I mean, the 18 months you had an idea. I think you had a record of one goal in every two games. I was reading today as well. I mean, it. it, it yeah, it, it couldn't have gone too much better that way either, could it? To to make make your name to, for a Chris Strain to come in. Yeah, no, I, I, that's you know something that I wasn't aware of, but no, it's a it's a very good strike rate. And at the time, you know, I felt you know like I was 
scoring my fair share and had, and had a really you know good season. Um, and obviously, I think you know that was probably a, a big factor as well in helping get the team promoted. And I think when you're you know in a promotion team and playing as much as you know I was that year and contributing as much as I was, it probably you know other teams probably started you know take notice of your name a bit as as it kind of does at all levels of football. You, you go to Kilwin and Rangers, uh, who are a big club in terms of terms of junior football. Uh, did you notice a big difference going there from even Ardea? Yeah, no, even just you know when I met with Chris Strain, uh, that that kind of probably coming up to the end of the season, you know he got in he got in contact and he asked to go and have a chat, and I actually went up to the bus park to meet him at the time, and even when he was just showing me about there, you know, the, the bus park uh, I'd kind of at the time been been aware of as kind of a good surface in the junior game as well and they, at the time they, they trained in at Quinn Sports Club um, so they had, you know, you know, quite for that level good training facilities as well and obviously they jump up in divisions you know, this was factors that, you know, led me, uh, led me to go in there but it certainly was a jump even you know, the first few training sessions, I would say, of joining joining the buffs at, at junior level, you could see the kind of jump uh, just in terms of well, even, you know, with, you know, being like, disrespectful and how serious it was taken in terms of numbers that showed up to training and, you know, things like that. It was it was probably all, you know, slightly better. Despite scoring all those goals at RDA, though, you, I mean, you didn't go straight into the team there, did you? And and you had to you had to kind of prove yourself again, I guess, at, at another level. And we had we had Chris on an earlier episode, and he was talking about how he he said you were quite honest, telling him what you felt your limitations were when you joined. Uh, but you know, he said, well, you know, we can we can work on those limitations. And he said one of the one of the sort of big advantages you have is that. You're a player who who is coachable, who will take things on board. And and did you did you did you feel the benefit of that? Do you think? Do you think that's a fair comment? And when you look back now, there was a lot of kind of developmental work maybe going on there, which you were quite receptive to, which then took your game on to that next level. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you know it's probably something throughout my career and that I take to now. I think you, you can always be coachable. I don't think you can ever, you know really know too much or you know think too much you've always got to have the ability to try and learn new things even if it's a manager's different tactics or what he sees etc so yeah I think I think you know I've, I've seen an article before about Chris and me coming in and just reading off a load of flaws that I had and then probably thinking how why on earth is he signed me then <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah going, going there um, it was certainly you know, for the first four, five, or first half of the season, um, it wasn't probably I wasn't playing as much as I would have liked, but I was still getting my fair share of chances off the bench and thought thought I was doing all right, but was probably becoming more aware of where I was at. You could you could see it was a slightly you know higher standard in the the junior game, but it wasn't you know one that I was looking at thinking you know I couldn't I couldn't do well. I always thought. You know, when I kind of get my proper chance, you know, I'm, you know, I think I could, I could take it at the time, and I think the second half of that season after I got my chance, you know, I really kicked on. I kind of took to it again, and 
went on to, you know, probably do really well and have a really good six months. And I think luckily as well, that was another team that, you know, I was involved in that had got promotion as well. So, um, you know, looking back, I think, you know, the, the, that season at the bus was one that, looking back as well with the dressing room and everything as well, again, was, you know, one that I really, really enjoyed, you know, that, that was... That was one that, and in terms of going to the junior game, um, was one that probably I made a, quite a big jump that season um, because the promotion and we had a really good Scottish Cup run as well. Um, that I think a few games towards the later stages, you know, I'd done really well in as well. And yeah, yeah, probably the games looking back on, you know, I'm kind of glad I'd done well in because they're the ones that. Probably, you know, at that level that people in the lower leagues of the professional maybe look at more. Um, and I was maybe a bit, you know, you always say to get to this this where I was, you need that bit of luck, and that was that was maybe it that I got. Chris, uh, Chris also said when when he brought you in and he was convinced you had something. Uh, somebody in the squad in the backroom staff turned to him and said flippantly, "What are you sign that donkey for?" and and, and he and he said but he was just because you were raw you know and he believed in you and uh there's a you talk about going into the rd dressing room as a 17 year old kid and having to prove yourself you talk about having to go with into the kill winning dressing room having to prove yourself and deal with maybe those kind of perceptions of you there's a there's a definite sign of a mental strength there that you've got because none of that None of that's easy, is it? You know, you have to be kind of quite single-minded to to handle that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think football's one of them that I've kind of always try to talk myself that is you're not going to you're not going to please everybody. There's always going to be somebody who, who doesn't rate you as a player, doesn't like you. So, you know, you just got to try and you know always be confident and belief in yourself that you, that you can do well. You know, even you know, when things maybe aren't going well for you and stuff, it, it, it can be tough at times, but you can't let maybe things that one, two people, you know, people are maybe saying in the side or whatnot, to, you know, let it affect you too much. You just got to keep trying to just do the right things. And, you know, like, like probably Chris said, just when, when you're that age as well, just be coachable and try and take things on. And at the time as well, you know, at the bus, you know, Ben Lewis and, I think Ian Cashmore and Brian Boylan with other strikers. So you, at that age as well, I'd probably look at it, and it, and it, it's probably one of them. You always try and being a striker. I've done it throughout my career. I always try and look at what other strikers do in situations. You always try and, you know, take these things off them and learn these things. Or I, I certainly, you know, did it that time, and I think that's a big thing as well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, um, you know, one of them where. Going into that, that dressing room with, with Chris and you know obviously he's obviously somebody's you know calling you a donkey and I, st- and I still get that today you know it's oh dear yeah football, yeah um, you always get the odd fan in the stand if it's an away team or whatnot it's calling you one thing one thing or another um, so you just got you just got to laugh it off at times which I try and do and it's just part and parcel I think that comes with it now but you know it's it's never really been something that you know, I've took too much notice of it that's really ever affected me. It's just, it's just gone, with. 
And, and what was that dressing room like? I know Chris comes across as quite a bubbly, lively character. Was that how he liked his dressing room with their big personalities? And who who did you kind of feed off mo- most in there yourself? Um, no, it was essentially it was a dressing room where you know with a lot of characters. Chris was a, a character as well for a manager. He's you know that was probably the first time as well where I've probably seen a manager you know lead the right act half time on numerous occasions. Um, but, you know, that was all part of the learning process as well. You know, you could see that it, you know, affected players. You know, players got, you know, a buzz off it, which at times we needed. And, you know, it probably led us on to win games that other teams wouldn't have got. So it certainly needed that. But, and you know, in the dressing room, there was players like Liam McGuinness, um, Adam Straining Goal, Chris McGowan, you know, players who had done really, really well in the junior ranks and had kind of short spells. I think in the seniors as well, so there was a lot of, you know, you would say experience in the dressing as well, which I, th- I thought was important. Um, and these guys as well were always, you know, good for, you know, getting the morale up around training and making it enjoyable and, and having a good laugh as well. So all, all these things contribute, I think, to, you know, having a good season and, you know, improving yourself as a player. Obviously, at that point, finding your feet, you're scoring your goals. Are you getting any inclination then if other clubs are starting to watch you, senior clubs are look, coming, maybe coming to look at you, are you thinking, do you know, I'm quite, you know, big here trying to get the mindset because I, I want other people to realise, you know, the journey that you've been on. Is there a point that you're now thinking, well, maybe there's another couple of clubs coming from me, maybe I could, maybe I could start pushing up the, the ranks a little bit. Yeah, you know, toward towards the end of that season, it was, you know, there was a, there was a couple of teams, junior and senior, who had uh, got in contact as well. But you know, the the, the kind of two senior teams that that it turned out to be were, were kind of Queens Park and and Albion Rovers at the time, and and I had kind of known for it must be about March March time maybe that you know in that buff season that you know I'd kind of spoken with Gus McPherson at the time who was the Queen's Park manager and he had you know made it really keen that he would like to try and get me to come to Queen's Park in the summer um, and it was from that point that you know alarm bells are kind of going in your head you're thinking well this is you know a big chance you know this is going up to, to part time professional you know the senior ranks you know it's a, it's a great opportunity to progress again um, and it was one um, you know that even around then it was playing in my head and you know one probably fit when I'd first heard about it that, that I wanted to do. And how straightforward was that? I mean I, I was reading the story today that uh, you ended up going to Albion Rovers in 2016. I think uh, I think it was said that Albion Rovers paid about £1,500 for you but around about a thousand pounds of that was from the club supporters club and your dad had to stump up the final 500 to make it happen yeah yeah because um that summer uh, i had another year left on my my boss contract because when i joined i'd signed a two and even though you know i'd try to make it you know aware it's a man that you know i think i want to go senior i mean a young boy i think you got to give me that chance kind of turned out that the club had kind of took the decision that no, we're, we're going to hold out 
for a fee, which you know they were kind of you know they're allowed to do. Um, at the time, I made it clear to them I thought they were wrong. Um, but you know it was something you know that was the decision that it took. So because because of that, it kind of ruled out um, Queens Park because their amateur status they never they never really bought players at the time. And you know Dan Young at Albion Rovers was you know keen to get me, and I'd been in constant kind of contact with him, and it kind of got down to the the, the asking fee that was, that was fifteen hundred pounds at the time, and he was kind of saying, look. I've been to the supporters trust and we've got together a thousand but they're, they're no budging etc and I, it was one of them my dad my dad because I obviously wanted to go and you know he was obviously he followed my career and he was always trying to push me to play as, as high as I could that he kind of he stumped up the other yeah I think the other 500 pounds and I essentially kind of bought out my own contract as you would say and Sent that through the album Rovers, who you know they finally agreed. They agreed to fifteen hundred pounds, and you know I went and played there. And probably you know one of the decisions looking back on, it's the best decision my dad's ever made for me. Um, best like best five hundred pounds he spent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure I paid them back yet, but I, I think I should. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in 1995, I took Wrexham to the European Cup final from, from non-league football and championship manager. This story's better than this, Gareth. I thought that was an achievement, but this is this is good, this story. Well, I, I can't believe he's not paid his old man back the 500 quid. I mean, that, that, that's life-changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure I've offered, but he doesn't, he doesn't take it. He's just, he's just happy for me. But, um, you know, looking back, you know, at the time, you know, you speak about football and its emotions that, at that point, there's a, there's a lot of emotions going through. Obviously, being told, you know, it's not going to happen because they're holding out. And at the time, at, at the time, it was, you know, really stressful as well. It's probably a different kind of stressful that I'd came across in football. You know, that that business side, of it, that was the first time where, you know, contracts and money had really played a part in my career, and it was new to me. And, at the time, I was just trying to play it to the boss. So this is a young, I'm a young boy just wanting to make a, the next step in my career. I'm not even essentially going to rivals. I'm not, you know, Quantum Rangers would probably would, would really ever play Queens Park or you know Albion Rovers. I was just trying to take a step, and I think the chairman and whatnot was no, no, you're just staying here. We, we want this, we want this. You're an asset, and you know, it led, I think it led to probably some angry phone calls between, you know, me and myself, uh, between myself and, you know, members, and Chris was one, and other meetings at, at the bus, but, you know, thankfully, I think, well, we got it sorted, and, you know, I was able to move on, and it was, it was one of them, that, you know, it could have got, you know, probably quite sour at the time, just because, like I said earlier, it was that chance to really take a jump, and, you know, go and play to an extent professional football and I could only at the time being that kind of age see them standing in my way and probably being a kid and wanting to try and always get what you want. Never really, I, I probably could have dealt with the situation better but, um, you know, I'm just, and then I was just happy to take out of there, not because it was it was a bad club or anything but just because I was able to take, you know, that next step in my career. And, and all the while, are you working at the land registry while this is all going on? Yeah, yeah, I ended up, you know, because I obviously, when I, when I, I'm trying to think what age I was, but I just finished my fifth year 
on the last year of Partick Thistle. So it would have been my first year going junior. Uh, I, was, I was deciding whether I'd go back for a sixth year um, at school, but I ended up taking an, an apprenticeship out uh, for, I think, business administration for the, the land registry at the time. Um, so that, that kind of happened then, and that was me going into at the time, which was kind of full-time employment. So that was probably what, what I was talking about when I was saying I'm more worried about kind of other side of my career. But at the time, I think the land registry was probably a job that suited me really well because when I went there, it had flexi time and stuff. So it was only a certain amount of hours a week and you could you could fit that in whenever. So it never really got in the way of my football in terms of affecting training during the week or getting to a game on a Saturday. It was one of them that kind of, looking back on, worked out really well for me um, uh, by not getting in the way. So yeah, I ended up, I ended up going there and I think I would have been working there for for two or three years, certainly before that before I got my move into full time. We're talking sliding door moments in your career here. Mm-hmm. Had Chris not let you go, and <laughs> would you have went back and played the second year? <laughs> you know that's that's a, a really good question, and, and I'm pretty sure at the time I told the club I wasn't going. To. Ross, Ross, it's, it's, only taken, it's only taken him 12 months to ask a really good question, so this isn't this evening. <laughs> no, it's a really good one, because at the time, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure I'd probably told the boss that I wasn't coming back, and that was probably when I was referring to, you know, I could have dealt with it better. It was probably one of them, well, if you're doing me out here, I'm going to do you out, and, you know, st- you know stuff you I'm... You know, I'm not coming back if you can't. You can't see this is, you know, going to help me. And that's probably I think, but I'm not, probably not. I could have dealt with it better. But whether or not I would actually sit out, <laughs> you know, that that next year, <laughs> I'm not too sure. I think I was probably trying to maybe bluff more than actually, you know, hold myself to it. But um, you know, you when you're in this situation, you end up saying things and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and whether you actually end up having to do them that is probably one thing or another. So to answer your question, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I'm glad it never came to that. Um, but I'm pretty sure I, I would have said it at some point that it was certainly going through my head, you know, what, you know, whether or not to come back. I'll be honest, I think you would have been a cracking one register. Honestly, I thought you'd have been <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you then go to the, the bright lights of Clifton Hill up at... Uh, up at Albion Rovers and Coat Bridge. Now, that must have been a, a head turner. All those steps up onto the pitch of the changing rooms. Oh, how, no, did, how, no. did, how did you find Albion Rovers? Uh, no, again, you know, it's probably the third season in a row. I kind of walked into a, a new dressing room uh, for the first time. So going up there again, and obviously this was now going to play professional, it probably was a different kind of nerves because... They maybe worried about how big a jump it was going to be, but yeah, certainly going up to going up to Clifton, I went and watched one of the because this kind of obviously the, the the move kind of ran through a lot of June July because of kind of what was going on. I ended up going up and watching one of the pre-season games um, just to just to see the place and obviously meet with with Darn and at the time obviously with Clifton Hill by what it is, it's a it's a, the, the twisting stairs up <laughs> up the tunnel and 
got his stairs up to turn out onto the pitch and you know at the time you know I was, I was really impressed with it because it was different to you know what I played on at the junior grounds but you know quickly going about haven't seen a few of the grounds in the professional game you realised it maybe wasn't <laughs> you know as up there as, as you thought it was and obviously the home dressing room had a big pillar for the stand coming right through the middle so you know half time team top you had to shuffle into one side so the, the gaffer could see us all and you know the red and yellow stripes going around the dressing room you know it was all looking back it was it was all new and really good and um, you know I was I was surprised when I took the jump as well again you know you know I felt like I adapted quite quickly to it and took to it again really well it was just one of them it was always kind of my mindset for that age you know I was just going to go and play and enjoy it and not try not worry about too much about where I was going or where I'd gotten to and putting pressure on myself, can I go again? I was just there to just go and try and play and keep enjoying it. And, you know, that's what I went and done again that year. And then going into that league's a lot of travelling, isn't there? What a lot of <laughs> far away, away days. Did you have many fit-uppers in Octorada on the way back down? <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I actually, I think I made my professional debut at Berwick away on a, Tuesday, on a Tuesday night and that, uh, I think it was the, the pre-season cup they have now, though. It's the Betfred. So that that was the eye opener to professional football. Berwick away on a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. So when, yeah, went down there and that yeah, the, the travelling in that division just that that was that's, that was a, an eye opener as well because that was you know Saturdays were probably that they were getting to cup, especially away games just Saturdays were getting to cup just for travelling and stuff. But um you know, I was kinda lucky because I, I went there and you know, because I'd kinda hit the ground running, I think I started, you know, quite well and I think my league my league debut, I think the first game I came on as a sub against Breaking maybe, but then my first start was up at Peterhead. But I think I, I, I maybe scored a double in a, a two-all draw, so I kind of started really well and kind of took to it, and that led to me playing a lot that season as well, which you know was, was a big factor on you know doing really well and, and still enjoying playing. You know I was able to go there and, and keep playing and you know do quite well at that that level as well. Probably going and playing that level for for some people is not that much more money than probably your own. Uh, a at likes to kill one, and then yeah. you've got the journey on top of that. So again, a huge sacrifice in your in your career because you're actually giving up more time probably for not that much more money. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it was pr- something when I moved probably wasn't something I gave a lot of thought to because I could just see the next step and and going up. It wasn't, and obviously the money w- was an increase as well and. Uh, at the time, I was, you know, saying to my dad, I said, brilliant, I'm, I'm getting paid this to, you know, play for what at the time was still just enjoyment for me. It was still, I would, I would you know, I would, I would say just slightly more than probably just a hobby, like, and you're, you're getting paid this and you're training, you're going, seeing places, you know, I got to play on Hamden that year against Queen's Park, so like stuff like that was, was always, you know, pros and, um, but, but again, yeah, a lot of sacrifice. It's probably something as well where you maybe like little things start changing. Where you maybe like on Friday nights, you maybe start going to your bed, you know, slightly earlier, and 
things like that. So it's probably all wee little things that when you, you take that that step, just then your your maybe mindset changes a bit and you, you make wee adjustments in your you know, your actual life to try and, you know, help yourself do well at that level. I think you scored twelve goals in your first season, so yet again you proved yourself, you know, making this step up. Eventually the chance came to move on again and it was it was back to St Mirren where it had it all kind of started at, at pro youth. Um was that a fairly straightforward decision to make? Were there others kind of uh, sniffing about at that point? Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm trying to think. There was certainly there was a lot of still professional part time. There was a lot of part time. I think full time options were were less. Uh, but I think the one that stood out to me at the time was, was St Mum. Um, I think the, you know the fact I'd been there before and you maybe had that you know affiliation with the club. Um, it was one that when I I'd heard about that, you know, that was where I wanted to go and and, and try try my luck uh, full time. It was obviously Jack Ross was the manager at the time who who took me there. And um, looking back, you know, it was probably one of them summers that was again stressful because it was another summer where I was moving team. But you're moving to a completely new environment now. This is, you know, somewhere you had to, you know, get your head. This would become your job now, and and you had to look at things differently. Um, but at the same time, you, I thought, you know, I've got to just try and keep enjoying this. You can't, you can't do it if you're not going to enjoy it. Um, but but looking back, uh, with with the options that I had, I think, you know, I was kind of probably still glad at the time I, I went. And, I went to St Mung that summer. And at this point, Ross, are like agents starting to get involved? Are they trying to get involved and start, you know, trying to get you moves and stuff like that? Yeah, that's, that's another, another side of the game that was, was, was new to me that summer. Obviously, when, you know, you'd heard, I don't know how they hear, but obviously agents here are boys, you know, with, with full-time interest and a lot of them, they, they, I end up meeting with three or four who all got in touch with me um, and from there I, I ended up you know picking pick an agent who I, I thought I got on well best with who I felt more comfortable around and, and they're still you know the agency that I, you know I'm with today so you know I, I think they're a really good pick I get along really well with you know the two guys so yeah that, that is an side of the game which I, I think you know, going back to the season before when I was leaving the bus and moving to Albion Rovers, you know, the stress, you know, that put me under personally with all the, all the phone calls I was having to deal with, phoning the bus, phoning Albion Rovers, phoning Queen's Park. Um, you know, I can see why players have agents because it's not something that I really wanted to go through again. It was a lot of stress and a lot of phone calls and took a lot of time trying to get sorted and, you know, it kind of makes you aware of you know what these guys go through uh, because because it's not easy. But yeah, that's just a side of the, the game that was kind of introduced to me and also they helped me get my you know complete my move to to St Mon and you know the moves I've had since. How much of a step was it up in terms of you often hear managers and players talking about how you know you have to adjust to the full-time training you have to kind of get your your strength and your your fitness up to a level of full-time football I mean I guess you dealt with having to make those steps up 
by going as you moved up through the leagues. But w- was that a big factor going to St Mirren? Did you notice that jump? Yeah, yeah. That the biggest thing for me was that was just trying to get your body to adapt to full time football, um, especially you know that pre season of going into the championship because it was like one day you were running and you're feeling sore, but then it's not. You'd maybe get the next day off and you'll train the day the day after at night. You, you're in the next day and it's it's more the same. So it's certainly, I would say it certainly was the toughest jump I've took um, in my career in terms of trying to adapt. Probably, I would still say I was trying to adapt to maybe two or three months after the move. I just try to get used to, you know, the full the full time uh, football. Like even like the off the off the fields or go to your bed and getting through it and then you probably deal with more niggles as well away from it just for the, the constant of doing it you know every day you, you, you probably uh, deal with more kind of aches and pains and, and stuff like that And but the whole the whole thing of just being in there and just you know playing football day in day out was you know is going back to you know the, the very start of my career was you know, you know what I'd always wanted to do so to be doing that probably a bit surreal in terms of you know the jump that I'd made in three four years to where I am now and it but it was probably one of them because that summer I went to St Mother's I was always I was you know handing in my notice at my other job so I never I ended up leaving my other job I think it was a Friday or so maybe before the Monday a preseason so I, I never really had time to prepare myself going into it, it was kind of out one job, have a weekend, you know, first first day of pre-season, so whether that helped me or didn't help me, you know, it could be a good thing that you maybe didn't overthink, you, you think, God, how, you know, how tough this is going to be, but it, it was kind of just one you'd a couple of days to, to sort of sit out and then, and then you were in, so uh, there was, a, again, a lot going on, but, <laughs> you know, one, you know, to, to be where I was, um, you, it, not, I'm not really, you know, you don't really look back on these things, but looking back, you know, in conversations like this, um, you know, with a bit surreal and, you know, one, I was just going into just thinking, just go and enjoy, even if at the time I signed a two year, if it's only two years, you know, that's what it is, just go and enjoy and try and, you know, get as many experiences out as you can. And at that point, Ross, are you still living at home with your folks? Yeah, yeah, I was I was still at home, so that was probably another thing where St Mon, you know, was was a good suit. It was only maybe 25, 30 minute journey in the morning to to Ralston where they trained from Irvine. So that was a fact as well. So I was still, yeah, I was still, you know, living living at home with my parents at the time because I, I think that yeah, I'd have been about 20, I think. So um, you know, factors like that, and then try to obviously coming away from, you know, the football, they were quite good at, not, not, I wouldn't say keeping me grounded, but, you know, helping me away from football because a lot more things become important again in terms of looking after yourself and preparing right and, you know, you probably got to start, you know, eating better and sleeping better and, and, and things like that and there's obviously a different kind of pressure and they were probably good as well at, helping try to relieve that pressure a bit and no because the last thing you want to do is probably burn, burn yourself out through overthinking and 
the pressure becomes too much for you and you can go the other way for that. You just got to, you know, try and just like just keep enjoying it because obviously the this month the month this month fan base sorry was a lot higher than anything I'd played under before. So that was another side of the game that was going to become new to me and dealing with, you know, you know, crowd noise and, and things like that. So, but, you know, looking back, it was always something for young age that, you know, you wanted to do and play in front of big crowds and and do well. So for that point, there was, you know, there was a lot of excitement. Um, and, you know, it was probably... One of them, the, 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 was it two, was it two years, a year and a, a year and a bit, a year maybe. Uh, leading on, you know, stood me in good stead for my, you know, my full time career. Yeah, I mean, it didn't maybe go to plan mm-hmm. at Simone, or it didn't work out at Simone. You went out on loan to Alloa, and I guess that's another sign of the mental strength you've got because we've seen numerous examples of players maybe going up the way, up the way, up the way, and the first obstacle they hit, they can't deal with that, and they, they fall way back down. Was that, was that, did you find that tough, having to step back down, or because yeah. it was back, it was to a level you knew, did it not really phase you that much, and you thought, well, I've just got to go again now? Yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't really phase me too much. I think at the time, it was one of them I felt was the right thing to do. It was, it was for, like you say, for the first six months of that, Season it was a lot of sub appearances are not really coming on because I was still adjusting to full time and I and I understood that side that I, mean, I spoke to Jack Ross who was a guy for a lot of time about it was just saying just you know be patient be patient but the Alwa move I thought was really good for me because at the time also I talked about when I moved from Albion Rovers to St Mon being the right choice Jim Goodwin who who's a Alwa he was actually one of the few who was kind of really, really keen on me going to Iowa from Albion Nobles. So I'd kind of already been in contact with him. I'd contact with him in the summer about going there and he was, you know, kind of desperate for me. But I'd say, look, Jim, you know, I want to go and try full time. It's always what I want to do. And he, and he understood that. But obviously when the loan move came about, going there felt, you know, I wouldn't probably as, as comfortable as it could be in terms of having to leave maybe the club you're at and go on loan uh, because you knew it was a manager who had shown previous interest. Um, so going there was, was one, obviously, I went there and I thought because of that, you've got a good chance of going there and playing as well, which I thought was big because I was still developing um, in the professional game in terms of learning it and whatnot. And going to Iowa and even that one with them being part-time, it still allowed me to train full-time accent months so that the manager was still seeing me on a daily basis. So it kind of suited all parties. And obviously, I went to Alwan and had a really good six months, uh, probably. Looking back, it's probably, uh, you know, the, the six months I've maybe enjoyed most in terms of, you know, it was where I thought I really found my feet in the professional game in terms of what I'd done that six months. And I guess that then led on to the Ross County move, didn't it? And and you've not looked back since. But um, I mean, the whole Ross County thing couldn't have gone much better in that sense, could it? When you gone there, they were in the championship when you yeah. went. Yeah. And then and then you went up. Yeah, it probably in terms of you know the the, the two and a half years I spent there, it, it couldn't have gone any better. You see the promotion, um, the Iron Brew Cup win. Um, and then even, you know, the, the season and a half 
of what I'd done in the SPL, you know, getting to play in the SPL and being given that opportunity was, you know, something as a kid, you know, growing up in Scotland was something you always wanted to do was play in the SPL and to be doing that and, you know, doing doing well and which, I, you know, I thought I was especially my first season um, was, again, all, all very surreal and I think a lot to do with, with that was all alone because, again, that was divisions up from Albion Rovers and, you know, that was maybe one, you know, you, you'd done with Albion Rovers in this division and then League One, you've done well with Al in that division. Now, can you go and do it in the Championship, which, you know, I felt I'd done. Um, and then can you go and do it uh, in the SPL, which, you know, I thought first season, you know, I'd, I'd done really well as well. So it was kind of, not not in the sense, you know, ticking boxes, but, you know, proving to myself more than him that, you know, that I can play at these levels, which, you know, I felt like I'd done. And when you can do that, you know, that was always a big thing for me because with more games you become uh, more comf- more comfortable at the level and, you know, the more games you can get um, can only improve you and the, the move for Ross County obviously what comes to that as well was the, that was me, that moved me away from home as well, that got, that got me out of the house, you know, I had to move up to the islands and that was new for me because you got, you got to learn to live yourself then and, and still look after yourself and there comes a lot of discipline with that as well and you know it's it's a change obviously you know Inverness to you know an urban boy it's nice a bit night and day but um, <laughs> you know it was something again the, the cold highland weather was something that I took to and you know you know playing in, playing in the snow and training in the snow up there it's again it's a really you know a lot, a lot of the time I, I think I've been lucky with how good the dressing rooms that I've kind of been in you know there's a lot of guys you know when I went up there um, kind of you know looked after me. Um, obviously been up there myself and stuff. So there's you know a lot of people probably too many to, to thank. Um, but again, it was something that all helped make me comfortable in my move. And when you do that and you're, you're comfortable off the pitch, uh, with all the scenarios that I faced, you know it kind of makes it easier to try and do well on the pitch. So were you getting digs up there, or were you sharing with other guys, or just get your own place? Yeah, it started that I ended up sharing digs with two boys, Brian Graham, who's at Partick. I still speak to Brian, but he was one of the guys look after me. You know, I've got a lot to you know thank him for for moving on. Shared with Harry Payton, who's still up there. So I was in digs for maybe a couple of months, and then I ended up because up there I signed a, a you know a three-year deal um, that I was just going to get my own place, and uh, that was probably thanks to you know I help from my parents they, they always you know my, my dad's always kind of been good with money and he kind of says look if you can get your own place and make an investment um you know you'll get your return on it rather than you know maybe renting a place or not so I ended up buying buying a flat up in Inverness it kind of served me for my my full time up there and you know I've still got so um things like that were were always a good thing, but sharing the digs was good as well because it just helped you kind of integrate with a few of the boys in the dressing room. You know, even away from it, like going for going for meals and you know just interacting and stuff. You know, it was it kind of made that the closer. And you could tell that in the dressing room up there because you know that season in the champ. Um, there was a lot of times where we probably we probably won games where we didn't deserve to win just because of you know, how close that adjustment was and how hard we worked for each other. 
Hi, Stephen Aitken, East Coast Bayern manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Sunderland striker Ross Stewart is on the show this week. We've talked about your moves so far, Ross. Uh, was, was was moving to England something else that you always maybe dreamed of doing one day? And did you think it would come as as quickly as it came? Yeah, I think it's it's something that you know. Certainly, as it got closer to maybe happening, that appealed to me more. Of going and and trying, you know, the England game um, in terms of like, the physicality and the, and the level and stuff. It's always been been kind of told for players that I played with previously has been you know tougher uh, down here, etc. So it was certainly something I always thought. You know, can I go down, give it a bash again? It'd be something new, and you know, hopefully it works out. Whether you know, I, I never. Know. Million years, so it would come as quickly as it did. Looking back, probably three, four years, if you said this would be the scenario we're in, I'd probably laughed. Um, but you know, we're here now, and you know, it's it's a bit of a surreal move. You know, coming to you know a club as as big as Sunderland, um, where I've came to. But you know, you know, I'm here now, and again, it's just another one. I'm happy to be here, and I'm just going to go and give it everything I've got and enjoy it again. And, you know, see where it takes me. How did it come about, Ross? Was it just a case of maybe your agent speaking to them or did you have to go down and did they take you in for a couple of weeks to have a look? And when they actually decided, you know, we're going to sign this boy, surely you must have been going, right, what car am I going to buy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because don't, don't lie to me, you must have been, oh, I'm, I'm going to get that car now. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. You think, you think a lot of things like that. Like, oh, that. that's five hundred pound. I'm going to get a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's always it's a lot of things that go when when these moves start to come about. You know, your mind, you know, starts to expand. And you think, oh god, yeah, I can do this now, and I can do that now. I can get this, and I can get that, but. When you're actually in the process of moving, like you say, when it when it started to come about, it's been a lot of interest last summer, and it never really materialised. And then January there, you know, my, my agent had been in touch for pretty much last summer as well. And in January, we talked. There'd been a, there'd been a probably three, four, five really good options uh, down south for me that you know you know could happen. But when he'd said, look. I've been in contact with Lee Johnson, who's his Sunderland gaffer, and they're really keen. It was one of them that I says, look, that, that's the one I want. Like that, that was for me, like the real, the real eye opener move. Like wow, um, obviously the size of the club, everything else, the training, the training ground and stuff. When, when I heard that, that was one. You know, can can we make that happen? It was great that you know he did because I'm down here now, but. <laughs> again it's probably one of them for me it was really stressful because it happened late late in the January the January window and it's probably one that not many you know I never thought I'd ex- you know experience but you know you one day it's on and then the next day it's, it's off and then the next day it's back on and really the minute you get that phone call it's you're packing a suitcase and you're driving down to Sunderland there's no there's no hanging about. You got you got to be down there for a for a medical and get get shown about the place and it's stressful. Cause I think I I think I got the phone call. I got it late the Friday night 
and it was you've got to be down there Saturday. So I was up first thing Saturday. Had to drive into Ross County get all my boots etc. Because I never had any of that. Cause it's, and then you're just packing up, packing your car. And, I would have just bought you from the road down. <laughs> I know. It's just, I get it, I'm off. <laughs> I know. Uh, so it's just uh, just a, a stressful period, but you know you're driving down, and then that's when you're like you said, all these thoughts start going through your head. You're driving, and you're thinking, wow, you know, is this really happening? You know, you you tell your parents, look, it's happening, and you know, I'd be really happy for you, but you got to keep it quiet because you're still, you know, a lot that can go wrong. Even living's kind of agreed in principle and uh, yeah, things things like that when, when you hear about you know what where I'd come from and you know the, like the numbers and that that were getting you know spoke about and stuff obviously the fee and stuff is all all very surreal and you know for where I came from you know I still I still look at it and think that you know that's that's you know for me that's too much that's always kind of been my mindset like um just all very surprising and you know, taken aback by it a bit. And what about the medical? Because we've all seen, it's well publicised with David Turnbull go to Celtic and it maybe just never worked out. You must have been absolutely <laughs> bracing yourself with that medical thinking, I just need to get through this. <laughs> yeah, especially after you know, with me, you know, I'm stiff as a bolt. So I'm, like, I'm going down here thinking, I'm not got a great, <laughs> if this is in, I think it's going to be, I'm not got a great chance here. But, you know, thankfully it all went, it all went very well. We were, the doctors and medical staff at Sunderland were, you know, great with me, made it was all very comfortable and, you know, I was just happy to come out it with, with no problems and, you know, pass it because you always, like you say, you're driving down and, you know, the agency and that'll be fine, it'll be fine. There's always that bit of doubt, that, you know, when you, when you see the things like the David Turnbull story, you know, it's probably, the, I couldn't imagine, you know, what you'd have went through knowing how I would have felt if I had maybe failed that or whatnot, because there's a lot, there's a lot on the line. You know, people don't, probably don't really see it, but when it's, you know, your your life and what you're doing, you know, there's a, there's a lot on the line, and it it plays with you a lot mentally, um, and it can be tough. So, uh, just glad to glad to come through and glad to be here. And what's the biggest thing you've bought so far? <laughs> I've actually, I've not, I've not actually bought bought a lot. Um, because I've, like you say, I've just coming down here because I was injured. I've been trying to get fit, and then the schedule's been so big. But I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll treat myself with something nice this, this off season uh, if I don't treat my family to something nice first. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Ah, that's, a, that's a great answer. That 500 quid was a great investment. <laughs> <laughs> he was good at investments. Going into to, to obviously train guys like Aidan McGeady and stuff like that. Standard must be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, you know when you when you're walking into that that dressing room and you know the, the pedigree, some of the guys have what like you say, they make you do, you know, he's ninety odd caps for Ireland, and you've got other, you know, there's just a dressing room full of you know kind of international players. It's as a real jump, and again, it's one of them. You know, no, nothing changed. I've been down there, you know, nervous walking into that dressing room as well, and getting to know the guys you're 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 probably come probably come for a bit of the unknown in terms of way up north in Scotland to down to a big you know a big club like Sunderland so but they, they were all you know the dressing room again I've been lucky they were all brand new they made me settle really well 
but yeah, you, you obviously get people like Aidan McGee in the dressing room, you know, Grant Ledbetter guys who've done it in the Premier League in England for, for numerous years and had really, really good careers. So it's probably one of them where I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll do kind of what I've all done. I'll come down here and work hard and try and learn off these guys because there'll, be, there'll be a lot to learn and how they, how they conduct themselves and look after themselves and how well they train. But, you know, it's, it's good to, to be here and, you know, when you see the guys around you and the quality that's, that's in this squad to be a part of it, you know, it's very good. You must be desperate for the fans to get back in because they're probably one of the, well, them and the Newcastle are the most passionate fans in the country. They've also probably been a, a, a great loss to a club like, like Sunderland, but obviously Sunderland have brought out that documentary that everybody's seen. Uh, is there a, a, do you think they're going to rerun that and uh, certainly give everybody a real good insight into the club because the training ground and the and the facilities are just absolutely out of this world? Yeah, no, that was that. You know, I watched that document as well, so that maybe gave me a bit of a taste. I went, you know, I heard about the move of what I was coming into, but you know, when you get down here and and you see the stadium, the light and the training grounds, you know, you really are like, wow, you know, I can't, you know, I can't wait for the fans to be back and you know they fill it up and you, you can hear the noise because the stadium's you know unbelievable and hopefully we can be doing that as well in the, the division above. Uh, in the championship um, for when they come back because it obviously doesn't look like they'll be back this season but yeah can't can't wait for the fans to be back that's the kid when you you know playing in a crowd like that is for your team's only only really going to help the team you know motivate them to do well and give them that you know that bit of energy that they can feed off of so you know there's a lot a lot to like and a lot to you know hopefully have the fans back sooner rather than later um, but yeah, things like this, <laughs> the documentary, I'm not sure that's probably going to have another season, but it's certainly a good, a good watch as well. How um, well, many managers just survive in that documentary? No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> probably why it won't come back. <laughs> For you, the story's certainly not over. And when you look at things like, and I know you're nowhere near the, the age of like guys like Andy Constantine, but the time maybe Sunderland get up through the leagues, and there must be, I mean, the story's not over for you. There must be hopes and aspirations of you getting international honours. Is that something that you've you've, you've thought about? Um, it's not. It's, it's not something that you know. It's something I would love to happen. Um, you know, I think represent your country for me. Probably, probably be you know the pinnacle. Um, but you know, it's not really something you know that I can tr- control to an extent. You know, what I've got to do is just try and play as well as I can for Sunderland and if that and if that leads to, you know, a call up then great. Um but again it's not it's just it's just something where I've got to just remain focused on club career and if that side happens, brilliant. Um but hopefully, you know, I can play a part in getting Sunderland up the divisions as well. It's another goal. You know, now that I'm down here, can I go and play at this level, can I, you know, maybe play in the championship and you know, maybe even you know, be lucky enough to go and play in the Prem. It's not something you know. I, I say, I, you know, it's always something you would like to happen, whether it does or not. Uh, you know, I, I can't really complain to to know where I'm at now, to where I've come from. So for me, you know, I've already exceeded, you know, probably my own expectations in terms of what I've done in the the career that I've had up to now so anything anything beyond this is probably a bit of a bonus um, 
but certainly it's always been my mindset. Can I go and play at the highest level possible? And that's always something I'll try and do. You know, that, that first morning you went into Sunderland, was there a part of you thinking back to your first day going into Ardia? A little bit, you know, when you said you got there nice and early and you were sitting there and the boys were coming in, they weren't quite sure who you were, you know, just because of the guys at Sunderland probably wouldn't recognise you facially or, you know, first time as well. Was there a little bit of a a sort of similarity with that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I thought I felt probably felt like through the moves I've had, it's probably easier getting there first than walking in last a full one. So <laughs> I think, you know, going by that way, you know, getting in, you're obviously nervous, but I think getting there early is a, uh, a better thing to do than maybe getting there five minutes before you're meant and you walk in and it's, you know, a full dressing room. I'm a bit, if they're looking at you, you can kind of see me at day one-on-one, which is probably an easier way to set up yourself. But there's, there's a lot of similarities and, you know, every move I've had that, just natural. I think every player will tell you that walking into, you know, a new dressing room, new environment, um, you've always kind of got the butterflies that you just want having to be all right, which, you know, always, always is. It's just probably doubts that we, you know, you overthink these things and make it, make it up as something that it's never really going to be. On a serious point of view, though, talking about the two dressings, you talk about RD and you talk about you talk about Sunderland, the, the professionalism though, I mean, you're walking into Ardeer, there'll be boys sitting in there with no clothes on, listening to team talks, do you know what I mean? Trying to make the other guy laugh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> in terms of going in there, do you still have that element of banter or is it, when you're an elite, an elite athlete like that in this changing room, is it taken way too much, you know, way more seriously? than, than that? Do you lose a lot of that banter is probably what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say so. Like I'd, pro- I'd probably say, probably surprise you to, as I've went up the divisions, I've came across more of it. <laughs> like lads are always up for you know laughs and pranks, and there's always somebody that you normally come in one day who's on the wind up to an extent. It's just you know, it's just you can't help it. You're like a, a dressing room probably where a lot of guys are still young kids to an extent. You know, they love what they're doing, and when there's a chance to go and you know, make a joke or have a bit of banter with somebody, you know, if, if they takes a chance, it's just, it's probably one of them actually as I've, as I've went up the divisions, especially uh, that I've found it's actually, it probably happens more, um, certainly did up uh, Ross County anyway, there's a lot, a lot of practice and stuff going on, so you know, it's sort of, it, it, it introduced me at the junior stage, but it certainly it didn't disappear as I, as I got into the, the senior ranks. And you mentioned Lee Johnson was the manager who took you down. I saw I saw he signed you and then he said he wanted to mould you into a combination of Nal Quinn and Kevin Phillips. So that was no pressure right from the start? No, oh, no. Took the pressure right off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think, you know, having speaking to Lee, you know, I think we, we kind of think the same in terms of, you know, what, what we can do for me and try and, you know, his thoughts and making me the best player I can. And again, I'm down here, you know, I will, like a touching back to be coachable. Um, I think that's important as well. Even here, there's, I've still got a lot to learn. And, you know, the manager and the success, you know, Lee's had as a manager and as a gaffer, you know, all, I, all I'll be able to do is learn off him. You know, he's, he's done it at a really high level and been a really successful manager. And hopefully he can you know, add to me as a player and help me be a successful player at Sunderland. 
I mean, you're, you're sitting third in League One. I think you've got a game in hand over second place Peterborough and two games in hand over Hull, who are top. You're taking on Charlton, who are seventh on Saturday. How, how have you found the, the standard down there and the step up from the Premiership, you know, and just in terms of the quality? And I know we spoke at the start of the show about you making your first start. I think you got your, your first goal on your debut coming off the bench against Accrington Stanley on March the 17th. But... Have you adapted to it quite well? Are you still finding your feet to, to, to some extent, or, or how have you have you found all that part of it? Yeah, I, I would still say I'm adjusting. Um, even though you know I've been here since January, I've only probably been fit for four or five squads so far. So yeah, I'm, I'm certainly still adjusting. I think you know the level, the level, especially going off the Peterborough game there because my first start was was tough. Um, even though conditions were tougher. You know the pace of the game, and you know it wasn't a great pitch and whatnot. But you know even the games before, the quality's been high um, at this level. So you know I'm still adjusting, but I still I still feel as like a player that I, that I can do well here. You know I think you know the 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 goal in my my debut was a really good thing. It's probably helped me settle a lot more. It's got that you know monkey off your back type thing in terms of you know getting on this this score sheet. You know, early and help you settle, especially as a striker. So, you know, I've just got to keep trying to get myself. It's probably tough because there's not long left of the season, but just trying to get myself to the fitness levels where I, I know I need to get to because I'm not there yet. Um, and if I can do that, and hopefully, I can stay fit for the rest of this season, have a, a really good pre season and stuff next year, you know, they can, they can start to see the best of me. Do any of the boys kind of speak to you and say where, where, where's our dear <laughs> no I'm not sure too many of them would know what you're talking about if you say junior football in Scotland <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit different down here but other, a lot of them actually know that, I, that I've came for the junior they won't know do that you know your previous clubs uh, which you know Ross County and then not one said before that because a lot of the boys know is it's more obviously because the, the Jack Ross connection a lot of them down here played under Jack Ross at Sunderland, so there's that kind of link as well, which is always good because it kind of promotes conversation with a few of the boys. It helps me settle, you know, the first few days anyway. So, you know, things like things like that that are good as well. But you know, if you like to ask what our deal was, I don't think you know you could explain to many of them what <laughs> what that was quite like to to what they're at now. I don't think you could explain our deal to many guys for Elsha, to be honest. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the gesture rooms, <laughs> the gesture rooms are dear. <laughs> Twenty bodies fitted about four. <laughs> and I've seen one of the greatest fights in junior football in those dressing rooms. Honest to God, oh man, alive! I involved one of our players. They just sent off and they followed them into the dressing room. <laughs> No, it what? used to be brilliant because you, you would know RD if you if you're having a really, if you did a really good first half, you just come in sit in silence and you could hear the, the opposition gaffer going around next door. That's how close the dressings were. So you you come in, you could hear all kicking off next door. And you know, the laughing joke with each other. Actually, brilliant. You know, it was good. Just just the last couple of questions on this this section, Ross. You mentioned a few times about when these moves have happened that you've 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 got quite stressed. How, do, how does how does Ross Stewart kind of uh, spend his stressful times? Then is he pacing? Is he pacing the uh, the room? Is he is he shouting at folk down, shouting at folk down the down the phone? 
how, how, how do you behave in these kind of moments? Yeah, no, I'm probably quite good at picking the phone up and phoning my, my old man and just having a, you know, I'm on at him about everything that. He's kind of probably been the biggest influence in my career anytime, you know, like I'm under stress or I've got thoughts about something he's, you know, tends to be the go to. Uh, I'd phone up and ran over his thoughts, but I'm pretty sure, you know, in my career I've went on a few rants to him needlessly just about other things and, you know, he's he's quite good at doing the same for me with his, his job as well, so, you know, we kind of take it, but when I'm, when I'm trying to relieve stress, you know, or have nerves or whatnot about football a lot of the time, I, you know, I go to my old man, um, he's always quite, he always kind of calms me down, looks at it properly and runs kind of the right things by me, so he's, he's always been good for that. Um, so, yeah, he's probably he's probably the man I'd go to. But a lot, a lot of the time I try and... I do my best to try and not get too worked up about all things because at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm doing what I've always wanted to do and you got to try and even when these things, you know, are stress and whatnot, you, you, you know, you've got to try and enjoy them, you know, they're just part of it. And if you can do that, it always, you know, makes it a bit better on yourself as well, you know you maybe tend to make the right decision more often. Which leads on quite nicely, because I was going to ask you about your dad, because you'd mentioned him a few times. What, what's your dad's name? Cameron. Cameron. And you said he played junior junior football for Irvin Meadow, was it? Yeah, Irvin Meadow. That's where he spent most of it. Yeah, he played for, for numerous clubs in the junior ranks, but probably most well-known. You always used to say the, the, best, the best club at junior level he played for was Irvin Meadow one. Um, but funnily enough, he, he was he was in old days a sweeper, so nothing <laughs> nothing like to, to what I am as a player. He was he was trying to clear them for the goal rather than put them in it. So, um, and he, he used to when I when I was kind of growing up, he, was, he always used to talk a good game to me. And when I was in the juniors, he'd always you know throw things at me of what he'd done at the juniors that I hadn't done yet, and we'd always have that kind of back and forth. But I think. Right now, it doesn't bring a lot of that on me anymore because I think I outweigh him a lot more <laughs> the department of what I've done um, football and whatnot. So no, he's listen, he's been he's been great for me, uh, my dad, in terms of what he's contributed to my career, and the help he's given me, and the guidance he's given me, and the, the belief he's shown in me that you know you, you can go and do these things. You know he's been there for me. Uh, as my mum has as well, you know every step of the way, and you know I, I can't I can't really thank them enough. You know, like touching back to right at the very start as a as a kid, you know, taking me to football uh, throughout my youth days and stuff up and down the country. Um, it's probably one of them. It's probably a good time. Uh, to to just you know let them know that they have been uh, right by my side this whole time. I've got a lot to thank them for. Hi, I'm Gordon Moffat. I'm the manager of Clyde Bank, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Which brings us to Inside the Mind. Each week, we'll put our guests on the spot to look deep into their psyche and discover some hidden stories. Right, Ross, who was your idol as a boy? Oh, my idol growing up was always Thierry Henry. And being a striker and at the time, uh, kind of getting into football as kind of six, seven, eight-year-old. Uh, Thierry Henry at the time was probably one of the top strikers um, in the Premier League, so it was 
it was easy to kind of take and I, I liked him towards him in terms of what he'd done in the game and stuff. So growing up, I was always a big Terry on me fan. Good stuff. Who's the toughest opponent you faced? There's a lot. Of, I faced a lot of tough opponents. I think, you know, at the time, the one that probably stands out the most was uh, when I was with Albion Rovers, we drew Celtic in the Scottish Cup. And I played against uh, Duke Boyata that day, who just gave, who just gave me nothing. It was just, it was probably the worst, one of the hardest first 90 minutes of football I've ever played, because he was fast, strong, good in the air, good on the ball. He just, he gave me nothing. It was just, it was just a 90 minutes. But as good as the occasion was in the first time playing Celtic and whatnot and whatnot, when when I look back now, <laughs> it was a it was a tough ninety minutes. I covered a lot of ground that day, that's for sure. So, so he was he was tougher than some of the Mabel defenders you'd have come up against back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> I come back a lot tougher than them. <laughs> but to be a lot the the junior days, uh, the centre halves back then they were they were a you know a right good eye opener to football. You know, junior days I you know, always think back to playing at Polk. And I tried to cut inside the, the centre half, and he, he just, as I cut inside, him, he just whacked me with his shoulder. And it, you know, I broke my nose, and it's the first time I broke broke my bone playing football. And I just remember just being sparked out on, you know, Paul's ground, blood everywhere. And uh, you know, at that the junior at that time, that was for our dear. There wasn't a physio, um, so I think I don't know if it was, it was just somebody where the club ran on and. All he could do was offer me a drink of water. You know, <laughs> they have a broken nose and he's going, do you want a drink of water? There's no, no medical assistance. So, you know, I just ended up, you know, right the blood away and getting on with it. And, I'm, and, you know, that day as well, we get beat 3-0. So that, that was a right good day, that one. <laughs> uh, what, what's the favourite football top you've worn and why? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of the, a lot of the tops... In terms of like going for the first junior team being our dear to where I am now, all probably have the same value because they're all like a, um, you know, a bit sentimental in terms of each step I've took to get to where I am in my career. So I wouldn't really say I would pick one above any any other. They all probably have the same value in terms of you know playing a part and getting to where I am in my stage. So I think it'd be wrong to. See, one means more than any of the others. I think that they've all been good to me and they've all been a part of my path. So I'd say they all have equal value. Who is the best player you've played with? A lot of good players I've played with as well. I think um, I think going by names like you touched on, I think it's Sunderland. It's easy to you know go to like say an Aidan McGeady, um, you know Ross County, you know you. Don Kerry had a really good career in the Prem in England and even back to St Mon, you know, Lewis Morgan who went on to play for Celtic and is now out in Inter, Inter Miami. But there's, there's been a lot of good players going back going back to the juniors at the time, you know, uh, walking into Boston and I thought, you know, Dean Agnew, Ben Lewis, these guys were, were really good players, at, you know, at the level at that time and you know, it's always been one. I've never, I've always just tried to come in and not really, you know, be, you know, not wild, but try and just 
everybody's a good person, they're all good players, and that's where you're at, so it'd be wrong to say this player's, you know, really better than everybody else, because everybody's at that level, so, you know, I've played, played with a lot of good players in my career, and, you know, it'd be, it'd be wrong to really just go and choose one, I think, as well. <laughs> Sitting on the fence a lot of these. Dean Agnew's never, never been compared with Aidan McGeady in his life, has he? Come on. No, I was just going back. I was just going back with each club I was at. I know. You sat on the bench, we know. <laughs> just last question. What's the best practical joke you've seen? <laughs> How um, user-friendly user is this? Uh, Family-friendly. Family-friendly. No, listen, I've seen a lot of jokes my time I think you know the old, the old classics like the deep heat in the boxers things like that a good one you know going back to junior days you know I've, I've seen you know guys pee and shower gel and hand it over and let the other guy wash himself with you know something so you get things like that but you know I've seen guys drive away and hide other players' cars for training grounds in the middle of towns and cities. Would, and that, would, that be Michael, would Michael Gardine have been involved in about 99%? <laughs> Michael Gardine loved, it, loved that prank, as did Ian Viles. Um But yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen a lot of good pranks. Um, but, you know, the, I think like the, the ones with the deep heat and things like that are a good one. I've seen clothes get cut. I've seen clothes disappear and not come back. I've seen you know, like these guys had gone back to the junior days where anything goes, you know, and I'm not even sure to these days that, you know, I'm not going to say names, but, you know, they, they knew that it happened, you know, these these things, there's a lot of practice going on that never come out that it happened and people aren't aware of, and I think they're the good ones, the good ones are the ones that, that happen that nobody gets caught. <laughs> they're, they're, they're your experienced prankers, as you, as you would say. Um, but no, it's... Every dressing I've been at, it's just something that seems to just happen a lot in football, and it's all a great laugh till you're involved, and then <laughs> it just becomes a war. Have you, have you worked out who the prankster is at the Stadium of Light yet? Who's, who's the joker <laughs> in the dressing room? Um, no, I've not really worked out yet, but you know, thankfully, <laughs> nobody's introduced. Usually, when you, you're a new new the dressing room, somebody gets you. Thankfully, you know that's not happened yet, so. I think I'll try and stay quiet down here, <laughs> you know. Don't, hopefully won't find that one out. Well, I'm Stevie Farrell, manager from that, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Divisions decider. Give us those clues again, please, Paul. Right, they have won 10 Scottish Cups in a 20-year period. They remain the third most successful team behind Rangers and Celtic in that competition. They currently have two players in their first team whose fathers have played in the Premier League in Scotland. They are the only Scottish club to have played in the English FA Cup. After you, Ross. <laughs> no, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I don't think I know this, you know. I'm thinking. I've got two. <laughs> What's that? He says, I don't think I know this. This is clearly, he's not coming with his answer yet. <laughs> I'm thinking, as there's one or two, if they play the English FA Cup, instinctively I'd think Berwick. But equally I'm thinking that there's also the likes of Peter Grant's boy at Clyde. 
No, in fact, tell a lie. The Peter Grant Sky at Alloa and Peter Grant Sky son at um, Queen's Park. So it's either Queen's Park, Alloa or Berwick. You narrows it down, doesn't it? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right, on you go, Ross. What do you think? Well, going, going by, you know, Gareth's uh, points there, I'll pick one of the three and I'll take a stab at Queen's Park just for the history, but I really don't know the answer. I'm going to go Berwick. Queen's Park. Is it Queen's Park, eh? Oh, it's actually the only team to appear in the FA Cup final. Well, who's the other Scot- Who's the other son of the, um, the other player whose father played for Scotland? Jose Katonga. Jose Katonga. Uh, Jose Katonga. Oh. Oh, I thought he played, yeah, uh, played, Scot- played for Scotland, but he's played in Scotland's top flight. Yeah, so in the Premier League in Scotland. Sorry, that's why I got. That's, that's why I missed. I missed, must have misheard you there. I see. That's what happens. Ross, just before you go, from my point of view, what a first, what a first birthday we've had here uh, at down the divisions, and your journey's not over, mate. And it's more to this story, and hopefully, in another year's time, there's certainly some medals for you. And, Good recognition because and thanks for coming on because I was absolutely brilliant. Thoroughly enjoyed that. No, I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me. No, it was brilliant, Ross. Thanks for thanks for helping us celebrate uh, 50 episodes in one year on on down the divisions. Uh, still can't believe you've done all that and you're still only 24. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's plenty more good years ahead of you. Uh, we all hope and um, we wish you all the best for for what's to come at Sunderland and, and hopefully you can keep that. That upward curve going on your career, and you can you can keep on stepping up the ladder. Oh, I appreciate it, Gareth. I hope hopefully you know I'm in the same boat. I hope for the same. Um, but you know, thanks for thanks for having me, guys. You know, I really enjoyed it. Brilliant. Superb. Thanks again also to our sponsors, Forty Four Creative. Go to www.44creativehq.com if you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer, or video editor. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to, or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Do leave a comment, which helps others find us, and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions. Down the Divisions.